Crimson Tower Studios. Welcome to the Old World Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and the original podcast to bring you both discussion and actual play in 4th edition. I'm one of your hosts, Lance, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Steve and Matt. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great, Lance. Looking forward to talking about some Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. I'm doing well. Also looking forward to some... Some news here. Some lively discussion. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Excellent. Well, what kind of gaming have you guys been up to this month? My gaming world is still being... The majority of my gaming time has been monopolized by painting. I mean, I've, I feel like I've really... I got bit bit bad by the painting bug, and now I'm looking at ev- literally every game in my collection and thinking, ooh... Ooh, that's got minis in it. Just in my head, deciding which ones are worthy of my time. I did get to play a couple games this month that have been really interesting. One of which was a game that my cousin owns called Samurai Swords, which, if you're not familiar with Samurai Swords, it is a massive Risk-style dudes-on-a-map area control game that came out way back in like the 80s. Yeah, I've played it, actually. It's a lot of fun. It's awesome. Very long game. It's a long game, yeah. It took us probably, there was four of us, probably about six hours, I'd say, to finish it. But it was a lot of fun. And honestly, it took me back to the time when the game shelves at your local store weren't full of just trash. You know how like the number one game now is Toilet Trouble, where you put your face in front of a plastic toilet and you pull the thing to see if you get splashed by water. Like that's the hot game now. Well, back in like the 80s and 90s, the hot game was this massive strategic you know game that that required critical thinking and strategy and not just getting splashed Pulled with the trigger water. right yeah, exactly yeah right russian roulette but toilet roulette toilet that sounds not fun that is but, uh, that is literally actually, exactly I, what that I game i kind of want to play it <laughs> it's well all right that's true we all all right we all agree we want to play it but maybe once right so yeah, that was. I, I was at my cousin's house and I saw it like collecting dust on a corner shelf, and I was like, "What is that masterpiece of a game that I see over there?" So we pulled it out, we looked at it, and then we set up a time to play it. Like a month later, it was a lot of fun. Nice, nice. I've been pretty much uh, not really doing the same old same old. Um, still doing uh, the forty k battle, so kind of catching up with painting. I ordered a basilisk today. It was going to be a secret, but why? It's all about aren't, the boom. Aren't you fighting me in our next 40k battle? Ah, I think I think he is. Mm. I can't believe you just so, dropped that bomb. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> there's gonna be lots of bombs dropping. Success. <laughs> nice. Um, other than painting and trying to catch up with that, because you know that that takes time if you want to do a kind of decent job. I'm not a plus painter, but I at least try to make sure that you can tell it's a it's a human being right. with clothes. Um <laughs> Other than that, uh, I've still been dabbling in Battle Brothers. You know, I'm getting my tactics down. I'm still getting slaughtered, but uh, less and less now. Nice. I know they did an update on Battlefront 2 for Star Wars, so I dabble in that when I got time, free time, wind down after work. And wait, is EA still a company? I know, man. (laughs) They are. They keep scandal after scandal. Right. Special. (laughs) Did, Did you guys hear about the game that's being released? I think they said. Christmas of 2019, the new Star Wars RPG. Oh, wow. No. no. What the heck was it called? Fallen, I think it's Fallen Jedi? Fallen Knight, maybe? Something like that? 
it looks it, from what I've heard, it's in like the very early stages, but it, I mean, it's a star Wars video game RPG. It's oh, kind of cool. I, I'm very not excited. Sure if you remember, but star Wars galaxies back in the day. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That was, yeah. We, we played a large portion of our life. That was before I was married. So uh, yeah, I yeah I those know. days, those days when I could game yeah. all I wanted. No, that was, that was cool. And then I, I also dabbled in the, the old Republic, which is also a pretty yeah. good game. Well, the, the new one is taking place post order 66, which nice. Good. just sign me okay. up for that. I'm just right. saying right now, anything in the rebellion era, I'm, I'm down. So yeah, I know they're coming out with a new, uh, it's kind of like a star Wars resistance. Kind of like oh, the, a the, CGI yeah, animated the, series. The series. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's gonna, it's going to yeah. have like an anime style, too. I'm real excited about that. Yeah, so that'll be nice to uh, they continue the storyline. I apparently don't watch news. How do you not know I, things like I that? I don't know. I need to go. It's because I spend all my time digging through, you know, fourth edition <laughs> stuff that we're going we're gonna to right. talk about. The only reason that we have all this time is because we don't, we aren't reading the fourth edition rule book yet. So <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yes. That's fair. So I know for me in my gaming, you guys are probably going to make fun of me here, but my cousins introduced me to this little civilization type game on my phone called Polytopia, and it's basically like a dumbed down version of Civ, my Sid Meier's Civilization, and I've been playing it like nonstop. So it's just it's it's good because you can play it for like five minutes in your downtime, yeah, oh yeah, and then and then move on or whatever. So I don't have time to get into. I've been painting and modeling too, and. And I played some 40K recently as well. But yeah. And of course, I played some uh, Star Wars. I played some Star Wars on Free RPG Day, actually. I ran a oh, Star yeah. Wars Star Wars game. So that was fun. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I We killed a little puppy wolf, like kicked it across the room. It wow. was a terrible, crazy <laughs> situation. But so, hey, so our, our it listeners wasn't know me. what to look forward to when we start <laughs> right. pumping out actual play episodes. Right. Fourth edition, we kill puppies. Goodness. <laughs> nice. On we the just, first day. We lost That's a disclaimer. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Normally, guys, we do a new segment here, but as we've already been talking about, tonight we're going to dedicate our show to bringing together everything we know so far about Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition. We have scoured the internet for every bit of news that we can find and plan to bring it to you in one full package. We've done our very best to grab as much as we can, so if you haven't had the time to dig through hundreds of posts on Facebook, you might find this review helpful. With that, we're going to break this up into a few different sections that we're going to talk about, like I said, everything that we know. All right, let's get started by talking about the products that they've announced so far and what kind of prices we're going to be looking at. First and foremost is the 4th edition core rulebook that we're all anxiously awaiting. That's going to be coming in at 320 full color pages, and the price on that is going to be 45 pounds and 60 US dollars. And that's going to be obviously where everybody's going to be going first. And hopefully soon, we've lamented on this many times in the past, but we'll be getting a PDF of that shortly that we can start to dig into. Also, tying into that same core rulebook, they do have a collector's edition, which is going to have an embossed design, a bookmark in it, a numbered certificate of authenticity. It's even going to come in like a collector's box, which looks awesome. Well, had. They had it, right? Right. It's actually no longer available from Cubicle 7. So they announced that they've sold out, so you can't get one from them anymore. I was about to say, we might want to rephrase that. It used to be 120 now it's probably 300 Yeah. Who, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Depending on who you buy it from. Yeah, if right. you're lucky, you might find one at a, a friendly local game and uh, bookstore. Even that, at this point, seems probably unlikely. Yeah. So, yeah. Give, you might need to start calling now if yeah. you really want to get one. I, I could tell you that it cost 
90 pounds or $120, but like you said, not anymore. Yeah. yeah. You can find it for way more e- online. eBay has decided differently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, as far as announced products, we've got the fourth edition starter set, which is going to be your perfect introdu- introduction to the Warhammer Fantasy role-playing system. The box is going to include an introductory scenario. It's specifically designed to teach you how to play character portfolios and two 10-sided dice. That is going to be 23 pounds or 30 US dollars. I really hope those dice are cool and warhammerized. Gold foil. Oh, gold foil dice. <laughs> like shoot for stars. <laughs> well, I mean, they put out some amazing dice for the one ring. So I'm hoping that we get some similar kind right. of treatment. It would force me to buy numerous starter sets. Numerous. Because I need more dice. starter sets for more dice. Wow. <laughs> I got to roll them all, see what rolls best. Well, keep in mind that pre-orders are still currently open for the core rulebook and for the starter set. So if you want it, get on there, get it now. And if you want the collector's edition, good luck. Now on to some release dates for the core rulebook and collector's edition. Uh, the website was recently updated. The delivery of the PDF, which of course come before the core rulebook, the hardcover, is anticipated now. That's the key word of the month. July 2018. So at the end of this month, we should have it. Yeah, well, uh, it was anticipate, anticipated yes, in anticipated June. Is, is a, <laughs> yeah. Right. There's a wide range of meaning for June has come and gone. And a hardcover book anticipated for August 2018. Cross our fingers again that they'll stick. Well, and really nice. And to be fair, they've gone from saying that we're close to being done to we're very close to being done to we're so very close to being done. How longer. many more adjectives can you add to that <laughs> I know. statement? It, well, we are so incredibly unbelievably <laughs> insanely close <laughs> well i would much rather them get it right than oh, rush to release something yep. that has errors i and was stuff. about to say the same thing don't take your time but please you're doing the right thing get things right and uh, we we just want the product to be wonderful which we know it will be all right so uh the wfrp fourth edition starter set the one for 30 dollars us the pdf is scheduled for august 2018 the actual box set is September 2018. So not quite in time for Gen Con, which is unfortunate. No, no. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they might overnight a couple of pallets of some stuff. I'd love to have a a demo copy, at least, of the starter set. Oh, that that would be awesome. Yeah, even if it's in like a glass case that we can like just kind of drool on. Yeah, that'd that'd be be nice. Yeah, bring a squeegee. (laughs) Hand sanitizer, you know. (laughs) Right. Uh, Speaking of Gen Con, there have been some events recently that there was some news that came out of as well. So first and foremost, the Warhammer Fest and the UK Games Expo that have come and gone already. To be honest, though, not much came out from Warhammer Fest. Uh, I know at that time, Cubicle 7 did release an article with some details that came out during the Games Expo, which will get into shortly some of the more specifics on that right right some really cool things that they did talk about so right. we'll talk about that in a little bit origins game fair took place between june 13th and june 17th really so uh i, yeah, I think if, somebody went to origins if our if our listeners do recall i was at origins and it was a lot of fun it was Excellent. it was it was big that was the biggest game expo that i've been to so far this year origins was right but I'm a, I'm a little disappointed you did not bring back a beta copy. Oh, yeah. Well, I went up to the booth, edition. and they, they were there. They they actually handed it to me, and I said, ah, you know what? I don't. They said, give this to Lance. And I was like, I don't know anybody named Lance. <laughs> Who? Gonna, I don't know. You got the wrong guy. You know. Excellent. Unplug his mic. 
Yeah. No, Origins was awesome. It was a great time. They didn't, they didn't have any, Google 7 didn't have any, you know, special insights or advanced copies of the rule book or anything I could look at there, but I got to meet a lot of people and you got some beautiful some pictures games. in front of some cool posters. Yeah. There was a yeah. lot of giant Warhammer based. I'm going to ask Cubicle 7 if I can buy that giant Banners. banner from them. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> How much? You guys? do that. So yeah, yeah, Origins was a lot of fun. Again, we didn't really get a whole lot of good information from Origins, but that brings us to the next big convention, and that is Gen Con. And can have we officially announced yet that the three of us are going to be at Gen Con? I think so. We may have mentioned it. We can, we're going to officially announce it right now. The Let's three of it. us are going to be at Gen Con, and it's going to be great. It is going to be awesome. We shall see you there. We shall. And you can bet that if Cubicle 7 has hard copies of 4th edition, I will be in that line. I will be like, just drop me off at 4 a.m. I don't know. Maybe Here's your not tent. Early, but... Here's your sleeping bed. <laughs> right. right. We'll I actually, tomorrow. I looked into this. They do not allow you to sleep in line. It's a rule. <laughs> Terrible. So, so, brutal. so like, there's... So I'm going to need to paint your eyelids with eyeballs <laughs> on them. Yes. It is. <laughs> How is he still standing? Well, even if they don't have rule books there, which I, I, I hope, fingers crossed, that they will. That would be cool. They, they are going to be running officially published events for 4th edition. Uh, nice. Specifically, welcome to the old world. Return to your favorite grim and perilous setting with this introductory adventure. Yeah, and I've checked every day. Is. They have not changed that description. I was hoping for like maybe a little more like an adventure in Altdorf for something you know that gave a little more about what the adventure is. But I don't know. Rest assured, we are definitely signed up for one of the first games. We are going to see what that adventure is all about. Should be a good time. For sure. So we're going to be, while we're at Gen Con, we're, we're hopefully going to stay fairly active on our social media. And if you are there, let us know and we will come say hi. That's true. Definitely. All right. Now, uh, for the setting of 4th edition, the world will be, of course, uh, the Warhammer world, the old world, before the end times, which is nice for most of us gamers that are used to the old world and the setting and locations and things like that. The initial setting of the core rule book to get you uh, kind of going into 4th edition will be in the Reichland. And this is a new piece of information that just came out of the article last week. Yep. And they, I don't think before now they have mentioned that they were limiting the the release to an area spe- so specific in the Empire. Now, to be fair, Reichland is perhaps the most detailed province of the Empire, so there's a lot going on there. But the way they talked about it, it, it looks like we're kind of getting, I don't want to call it hyper-focused, but the, the setting is going to be focused into that area to start which um, is a pretty cool idea. It means we have lots of expansions to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Get so. your checkbook ready. These source books are going to be flying at you. Right. I'm still waiting for Cubicle to summon to just send me the information I need to direct deposit my check <laughs> right into their bank account. So, All right. So let's move on to the system and core mechanics. Now, a lot of this we've known for a while now, but one of the core design principles of this edition was to give players the options and to let them choose how to play their version of Warhammer. So, and we've seen that multiple times from everything to initiative to combat to just basic tests in the system. There are different ways that you can do it to make sense for your style of gameplay. Obviously, it's a D100 system, which means 10-sided dice, standard D100 system, but it's going to be tuned up and tailored up. You can, and as I said, you can do the preferences and stuff like that. So you can do fast roll under simple test. You could do the dramatic test, which are the tests I'm 
more excited about, I guess, where you have levels, like which is more than just a simple yes or no result. Or if you don't even want to rule, they have uh, they've talked about specifically, you know, taking a look at attributes and deciding on the fly a pass fail. All great ways. Uh, yeah, I to think handle. just you know, like it, like it already they said, having it you tailor it to where it's going to fit your play style. Because I, certainly there are groups out there that want the classic roll checks constantly mm-hmm. to get the exact, you know, and and live and die by that die roll to determine what's going to happen. Whereas a lot of people are also going to want a very narrative system that's going to, like you said, with the dramatic tests, giving you a varying degree on what might happen based on a single die roll is really, really mm-hmm. fascinating to consider as well. Right. And then the skills and talents that are going to be basing those roles are going to be similar to second and third edition, but they're supposed to be expanded upon in a future preview. That's kind of your just basic core mechanics. And like I said, we've known a lot of that for a while now. The next big thing that you would need to know for mechanics besides basic is combat. Uh, yes, indeed. So the combat system designed is designed to have something happen with every role and also be quick and exciting. Yes. Which is great because that's one thing that we've we've talked about it when we in our games where you know you've got two people you and an enemy face to face and you roll a, a miss and they roll a miss and you roll a miss. What is that? What's that? I call it dancing. Dancing. Yes. Yeah, right, Steve, yeah. That that was my favorite description. He was like you and an orc are dancing and <laughs> a little uncomfortably dancing. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a little too long. It's, this doesn't feel right. Your friend's yeah. already done. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like standing there, tapping watching. their foot. Like, yeah. come on now. Like pulling out some bread, eating it, watching you. <laughs> While we wait. <laughs> right, right. So apparently that's that's fixed. Yeah, which is great. That having something happen to where you can avoid that and just keep keep things flowing, keep the the story and the narrative going is is great. Every combat round, you get to both move and do something. What you could do might be using a skill, making an attack, or casting a spell any number of little things, but that way you're, you're able to do both in the same, same, uh, combat round, which is very cool. Right. Yeah. That almost saves what, like double the turns. Cause before, like if you were to reload and fire, you couldn't like half attack. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Right. Like half action. Yeah. And so you run into the, and that, that stuff makes it with the old systems that became very static, right? I'm not going to use a half action on a move. If having that half action makes me hit harder. Right. Right. So you end up with a very static, uninteresting combat, right, in my yeah. opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. You're, so, you're going to min max it to where you're, right. you're only going to do exactly what's going to be best in combat versus what may be most interesting. Right. Per the right. story. Right. So the attacks in this system are meant to represent the ebb and flow of combat, not just sword swing to sword swing. Initiative order is going to have several options, including no roll options. Specifics on the other options weren't shared, but Cubicle 7 did say that there were going to be several other permutations. So I have to imagine that just like they're going to have a no roll option, a standard roll, and a dramatic roll, it's going to be the same kind of thing. I would assume. Depending on the situation. I mean, several other permutations, I'm not. I wonder what that that could mean. It sounds like they have like a lot of different ways to determine initiative, but... Um, well, I guess we'll see when when the book comes out. They haven't given us anything else on that. Yeah, it's pro- probably just like what we already stated. Like it could be the GM decisions, quick rolls, real quick, or no rolls. Yeah, yeah. Well, depending on the situation, right? If you're if you've got yeah. the clear drop on these people, there's no right. point in rolling. You know, spending a minute yeah. to roll all this initiative when you know basically what right. what order they're going to go in. Right. But I have to admit that as a GM, just bringing out like roll for initiative for me is like a it's like an indicator, like. Okay, that's time. what you're doing. 
excellent role for initiative. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, was that the right decision? Uh-oh. <laughs> no, it was not, clearly. kind of like the cutscenes in Final Fantasy, the old school ones, where it'd make that little sound at the beginning before you started fighting. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, shoot. Role for initiative. <laughs> yes. Can we, we need to get that sound bite and just play it every time that we have the, right, that a combat. Tell us to roll for initiative. <laughs> right, that would be awesome. Oh man! So another big thing that they announced is a new mechanic called advantage, which is going to obviously play into combat. Yes, I'm excited about advantage. This yep. is oh, so cool. You know, could work against get you too. So you know, depending off the right. bad boss, you know, gets good rolls and I'll grab him. Right. So a couple different ways you can gain advantage include uh, surprising, charging, and attacking. You can spend advantage on things such as plus 10% on attack test and certainly other things as well, the more we get to find out about this. So attacks are now an opposed weapon skill test with comparing success levels. An attacker win means damage done, but a defender win means advantage one. So it, again, that's I all like going to be, right. it's not just swing and a miss, swing and a miss. Right, and that, that helps with that, that whiff factor. So like you miss, but you generate advantage, which is you can use to do cool stuff or potentially just make your next attack better right. or, or a better chance of succeeding, things like that. So yeah. I definitely can't wait to see the specifics on this. Uh, they haven't, I don't think they've promised any new information upcoming on advantage. So we might just have to wait for the PDF on that. But anyway, I'm excited. Yeah. One of the examples they gave uh, in one of the articles is that you can take out several lesser foes to build up advantage. That way, when you attack the big bad boss, you're going to, you're going to be in a better position than you would be normally. Right, their strategy now. I know their strategy, but see, like, if if I'm the GM, I'm gonna use that too. I'm like, oh, like I'm gonna take out all your friends. They're the lesser foes. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the NPCs. Yeah, right. That don't matter. Which, oh, that, yeah, I can't. That's something we're gonna talk about in a bit oh, too. Yeah. yeah, and just like you mentioned just now, adversaries are gonna be able to use advantage just like yeah the player characters. So as a GM, I think that's gonna be one of the fun things, right? So a, a GM, it can be sometimes difficult, right? You're bringing up this no name character or you know orc or something like that. He has no history or whatever. It's an orc to fight, right? Your brain juices aren't necessarily flowing to give you interesting motivations or things for this orc to do. But with advantage, I'm gonna have more options, more right. things that might be orky. I'm hoping. Sure. So yeah. Yeah, and just one more thing, you, you know, it's so wonderful that if you got a character that's more of defensive, their defenses help that character do different things. You know, spellcaster, right. chanta, casting a spell, right. um, better defense, or you're not that good at attacking, so you got that two defensive blocks, you get to plus 20% on a roll. Right. Awesome. What if the enemy has a ton of advantage? What Whatever would I do? That is resilience, and that is another new factor that they built in or new mechanic, a character can use uh, resilience to remove advantage that a foe is going to have. So, and hopefully we'll get more on that in a future article. It was like one sentence. I completely missed it when I read the yeah. article the one time. And I'm like, I read that article like four times. I'm like, how did I miss that sentence every time? But it's a thing. It exists. And TS is really excited about it. So therefore, so am I. <laughs> right. <laughs> he also confirmed that charge is going to still exist in fourth edition. Yeah, which is cool. So charge, if you don't know, like in second edition, I think it gives you a plus 10%, if I'm remembering off the top of my head, um, to your attack. So you get to move and attack and get a plus 10% bonus to your weapon skill. So cool. It's going to exist in some form or fashion. Nice, nice. Characters and races in the old world. As far as we know, there's going to be four races will be in the core. Of course, they're going to be human, dwarf, 
elf and halfling. I hate to say it like usual, but that's usually kind of the four. The, the four yeah. classic. The four. Standard. Yep, standard. But definitely, hey, I've, I've read many things where Cubicle 7, um, they are actively making, of course, the expansions for other races. And that interesting thing, which now that we have that new article, it doesn't say elf on that page. It says high elf. Mm, right. There we go. Which I know it's like a tiny little thing to look at, but I think that means things, right? So like that's very much, oh, it's high elf. Like somebody even pointed this out to Cubicle 7 and on the Facebook page, Cubic 7 said something effective like, oh, you noticed that, did you? Like, oh, that is significant. Yeah, I was supposed to say, it's a pretty big difference. High Elf with the magic alone. I, right. Uh, so, like, High expansion. Elf. Right. High Elf can yeah. mean a lot of different things. But, like, if you're thinking Reichland, right, High Elf, I can think of it two ways, right? High Elf is an elf that is from Ulthan, a High Elf, truly a High Elf that is like an envoy or something to the, one of the major cities, you know, or there might be a High Elf enclave in that city, right? High Elves are involved in the Empire and, and you know, in small ways. So it could be that, or you could argue that some of the elves that continue to live in the woods, the ones that aren't from Athaloran could be considered high elves from like a distant cousin sort of situation. But the way they read it here, I almost think that that's not going to be the case. It just makes me wonder. So I'm looking a whole lot into just one word. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting nonetheless. I know uh, some people have been asking, uh, can I be an ogre PC? <laughs> and uh, that's been discussed, and I think that's going to get a green light in the future. Yeah. So the answer is not yet, but the way I see that, that's it's, a good answer. It's anticipated. Right. Cubicle 7 mentioned on their Facebook page something to the effect of, we want to make sure that they come in right. They're definitely not your standard type of starting character. Sure. Yeah. So, so we need to make sure it all works and stuff, but it's <laughs> right. in the works. I mean, so yeah, yeah, I could like, just see. It's like I have a I have a rat catcher and an ogre. <laughs> Can you imagine that starting party? So like the ogre got hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yes. Oh. You fled in the night. I mean <laughs> see here. There is a new mechanic called Ambitions. Uh, I like the way that sounds. Uh, but I guess they're going to be the personal goals for a character that they can work toward and kind of gives them something that their character can fight for, root for. I'm not quite sure on the finer details of that, but I like the idea. Yeah, for well, sure. And it sounds like it's a mechanical way to do a character motivation. Right. I really want to see what those mechanics are, but I am a huge fan of having mechanics support character motivations. I feel like it helps oh, yeah. helps players, especially yes. newer players or inexperienced players, get into character more, which yeah. I personally think is a good thing. Yeah, and I wonder how in-depth they're going to get with that because that's so open to coolness that my, my brain's just going everywhere. Right. right. Jinx. <laughs> uh, of course, this game is going to have... The primary characteristics, I'll, I'll just go through them because they're pretty much the basic that we're used to. Uh, you got weapon skill, ballistic skill for ranged fighting, your strength, toughness, initiative, agility, dexterity, intelligence, willpower, and fellowship. It's very similar stat block to second edition, yeah. but there are a few core differences here. I was about to say... um. They're going to move a few of these into their own separate group. They are going to have their separate things. I believe dexterity is going to be more for kind of working with small things like a lock or maybe like a puzzle box that you got to solve or something. But uh, the characteristics that are going to probably make this move is going to be agility, dexterity, and initiative. So they might have a little separate sidebar table that might be used for other things than what we're used to. 
Right. So they use in the article they explain it as you know a dwarf might not be good at agility and might not be good at dancing, you know, naturally and all that sort of thing. But working with their hands to do small delicate tasks like being a jeweler or something, well, that's definitely falls under the average dwarf ability. Sure. From that point of view. I wasn't originally sold on this, but the more I read about it, the more I am sold on it because it really can help solve some of the problems. For the new listeners for this, uh, the characteristics, uh, they are really used for the basis um, for your skills. If you have intelligence, it might be used for a skill, you know, reading a map or if you got to jump far, agility, just as an example. They're used for your basic and advanced skills. So depending on what you have for your skills for your character, there's going to be that characteristic that you're going to base that off of as far as we know right now, barring right. any changes. And, and actually, one of the things I want to mention, too, when we're talking about dexterity versus agility, initiative was another thing that is similar to an initiative they've clarified is where like your perception and awareness is going to be. So it sounds like your perception rules are going to be based on initiative. Yeah. I like that actually. I really like that. I feel like it almost it makes it, it certainly makes that characteristic mean a lot more. So when yeah, when I say roll for initiative, Warhammer is a deadly system, right? Getting to go first is a big deal. Oh, sure, absolutely. So like, big n- now all of a sudden, I'm trying to decide perception. If I can see things quicker, if I'm going to be able to get the jump on someone in a fight, that's going to mean a whole lot more than some other skills so now now that becomes a very tantalizing characteristic to upgrade anyway just my personal thought on that yeah good stuff and it looks like there's going to be additional stats and attributes uh beyond the 10 characteristics this will include kind of derived stats and stats from your talents and so on right so that means like wounds for example wounds uh what fate points fortune points For, yeah fate thing, fortune thing, uh, movement those types of things one thing i haven't read about is insanity points I I, I kind of I know they're going to be there, but I haven't oh, actually be read there. it. That's, well, you know, I mean, they really of that, that world. They haven't said anything at all about insanity points, actually, and not that I've been able to find. So, if they don't put it in there, I'd be surprised. I, I imagine if it's not there, there's something to replace it. Something sure. that it has to be something to yeah break so your mind. Trigger. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> for sure. And maybe that's built on the whole. Like one of those other stats or something. You know, we were talking about initiative being something that's going to be more meaningful in this system. That's that's something that's it's great that they're doing that because I feel like in a lot of the different systems that I've played, there is usually a characteristic that is not used as often, and that's always the one that never gets the attention that it needs. Right. So by making sure that that's going to be an important characteristic, it's not going to be something that people are going to forget about. Right. 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 And actually, you mentioned the the fate and the fortune too. And they technically didn't clarify the fate and the fortune. However, after I'd actually completed our show notes, I found a post where they actually did confirm fate points. They've confirmed fate points as a thing. But now they had also put something out there saying that fate and fortune are in the game in some form or another. That's what Chemical right. 7 had said in, in one of their posts. But there were I also found another thing that like specifically listed a couple of call them derived because I'm not sure how they get these stats, but like fate points was one of them. I mean, that's a thing. We know for sure fate is in the game in some form or another, which is interesting. And uh, there's one stat we didn't mention before, a characteristic, is leadership. Cubicle 7 said, don't count leadership out yet. 
So I wonder if they may have taken away from maybe the characteristic stats and maybe moved it to some other thing. Maybe it's part of your skill set based on your level. Or a talent. I'm thinking it might be talent. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, well, so that, yeah, that makes sense. Like leadership, leadership sounds like a talent to me, right? Instead of a skill. But it could be a skill too. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. It's up in the air. <laughs> right. And, yeah, uh, time will tell. Right. They also mentioned cool also in there too. So I think we're going to see those both in some some somewhere in the book. I'm just not sure where. And now that kind of moves us on to classes and careers. And this is what our most recent article was mostly about. And let me say, I have loved every article that's come out about this system. There's been a few times that I've been like, oh man, I hope you do this right. Like I I trust you, Cubicle 7. But let me tell you, this article put almost all my fears to rest. Yeah. I am so excited about what I read. I read this sucker like four times right when I found it, and I just kept going over and over it again. I remember calling both Steve and Matt like the same day, like, dude, have you guys read this article? It's amazing. So let's get into some of the information on this uh, classes and careers. And yes, I said classes. So if you haven't read this article, you need to do that. I mean, heck, I don't care. Stop the recording right now. Go to Cubicle7's website and read this article. It is going to blow your mind. Or I can just tell you what it says. So here's here's what it says, right? <laughs> now that I've told you. Okay, are you back now? Okay, good. So here's the thing. Careers are now organized into classes. So the game is going to release with eight different classes. And get this, each class has eight careers to choose from. So they actually listed out all eight careers for all eight classes in the article. I'm not going to reread all of those, but I will tell you the eight classes. So the eight classes are academics, burgers, courtiers, or courtiers maybe, peasants, rangers, river folk, rogues, and warriors. And to give you an example, like for example, warriors has several, has eight different careers in it. And those eight careers for warriors includes cavalryman, guard, Knight, pit fighter, protagonist, soldier, troll slayer, and warrior priest. Mm, it, they all sound so good. I know, right? So a lot of these names are going to sound similar to some of the, the classes that you might be familiar with from previous editions. Let's not stop there, okay? So you have eight different classes and eight different careers, but what if I told you that each career has four different tiers or levels? That's right. Let's take an example. Um, so one of the peasant careers is Hedgewitch, okay? And Hedgewitch has four different levels, which include Hedge Apprentice, Hedgewitch, Hedge Master, and Hedge Wise. This just gives you an example. So when you're looking at this, you have over 200 different class levels, different specific classes with advanced schemes that you can move into in the core rulebook alone how crazy is that it's awesome there's a lot there's a lot to consider here when making a character it's not going to be just as simple as oh i want to do this because this is what i'm used to oh there's going to be a lot of options there right i and even how it works in the systems here's a few like little tidbits i was able to pull from facebook for you too like for example sewer jack is one of the levels of rat catcher career that's not actually in the article um but cubicle seven confirmed that somewhere else a uh, pilot is one of the levels in the Huffer career, which, by the way, I had no idea what a Huffer was, and I'm not even sure <laughs> if I'm saying it right, but here's a definition, a specialist river guide who navigates difficult stretches of water. So that's a thing, and you can be it. 
The, uh, we did get TS kind of clued us in on the Troll Slayer levels, and they're pretty standard if you're yes. familiar, right? Troll Slayer, Giant Slayer, Dragon Slayer, Demon Slayer. Can't uh, believe it. That's so cool. Yeah, oh, it yeah. is exactly. A Demon Slayer? Uh, I can't wait. That's that's so cool. So <laughs> I'm going to get a mohawk. All right. So if you guys remember to. You heard it here, folks. Steve is going to give himself a mohawk. That's right. And then you can get stickers of it. <laughs> so you can pre-order the pictures. <laughs> uh, now, if you remember earlier, we talked about well, the core rulebook is going to just focus on the Reichland, right? One of the provinces of the empire. And Cubicle Seven actually specifically mentions in some of their Facebook posts that careers that we might have seen in other in other books and other core rulebooks in the earlier editions, things like war dancer, or sword master, or man eater, things like that. Those careers aren't tackled in the core rulebook because they're not specific to the region that the core rulebook comes out and covers, i.e. the Reichland. So this heavily implies that we're going to see all of these in future expansions, which, I mean, they'd be silly not to, but they're coming. Yeah. So, but, but this, and, and some people are like, oh, but I can't be, I'm fine with this. I mean, come on, guys, it's Warhammer. Your character is going to die anyway, just... It'll die when an expansion comes out, and then start up your new yeah, character with say, what you want. A new book, and you're good to go. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I'm I'm very very excited about this. If you can't tell, some other cool little things that they dropped in there that um, Gong Farmer. If you're aware of, uh, there's some riots and stuff like that. You can research, but Gong Farmer is a thing. It's not a listed career, but it's it's not like a name career, but it's listed in one of the careers. So remember when I was telling you the options, like how many you got 32 options for each career. Eight careers per class. That gives you 256 career options to choose from in the core rulebook. And that's just the core rulebook, the just very first one. No expansions, no nothing. They're going to get crazy with this. I know they are. It's going to be oh, awesome. It's going to be awesome. Can, yeah. So it just can you imagine they get to the end of their their run of this game, which hopefully will be many, many, many years from now. <laughs> um, we're going to be looking like if they do a career compendium like they did for a second edition Ooh. that's going to be like a three or four hundred page be, book yeah, yeah it's right. going to be meaty be beefy yeah okay so this is something that's not new but cubicle seven has been saying this uh you can stay in one career forever if you want to and with what that means is you can actually continue to buy the stats up or the characteristics and the skills they said this specifically you can buy skills characteristics up that would normally be allowed in your advanced scheme continuously it's just every time you buy it they become more expensive sure. and so they don't yeah i mean that would make sense that you couldn't just yeah. right so like go if, and go and go and go until you're you know like a half god right well but see that's the thing like man if i just love being a pit fighter and that is like the core of my character it's my character background that's what i want i don't want to be anything else then i can keep putting and I can keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. It's just going to cost me more and more experience. And they bolded the word expensive. So I expect yeah. that it means like those costs are going to get like pretty dub- significant. If they double every time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. It's going to go way up there. And uh, they mentioned that, you know, depending on your character, you can spend all your experience on being like a god of one thing, but you may lack in everything right. else. So right. it's up to you to have that well-balanced person while still being godlike in your own mind right right but that if that's your play style too right. i mean especially yeah. if you have a large enough group where you have enough people to cover every kind of contingency in my experience in warhammer though you kind of need two or three people <laughs> to cover every contingency <laughs> for the inevitable failure you know that's uh that's a thing all right so there's more this is something i'm super excited about i know steve you mentioned how excited you're about was yes i am social level 
so the examples we see in uh, in the article it have social levels, and these say things like brass three, silver one, silver three, gold one, for for example. These are used to modify social tests to determine how much money you can earn when you're working, and and like I said, it's modify social tests. I don't know how this works, but it sounds awesome. It's going to be wonderful. You know, like we were saying, like it's a difference of your level kind of bronze three peasant. The noble lord is not going to care about you. But right. if your goal to sure. uh, helps to find your, your social wise, standing, that doesn't right. exist. But if it did, you'd be treated better and earn more pay per job because you're just at that. Right. It's like it's like your officer of the watch versus general of the army, right? Yeah. Right. So so I'm sure general, if that's a career, I have no idea, like you know, would have gold something, right? Where the officer of the watch may be only silver or, or brass. And so somehow that modifies your social checks and it sounds great. And the sense that, that I'm getting here is that those levels that you can move up to up within a career, it gets better, generally speaking, as you go up. Um, they give an example of apothecary, and they start with apprentice apothecary. But I think the top one is like master apothecary or something like that, right? So they have much more, you know, I walk into the local Lord's Court, I'm the master apothecary of the region versus just some apprentice. I mean, that makes a big difference, and it should, and that's awesome. I agree. So another thing that we found out is going to continue is trappings. So trappings is like the equipment and stuff that you use for your career. Similar to second edition, you have to have these items as a requirement to move into the new career. So they did confirm that in their article, but it looks like the trappings are significant. Like there's not a ton of them, right? So I'm used to seeing second edition where you have a list of trappings that's like some of them can be really long. The example apothecary one they gave, there was two, three things under each one. So it doesn't seem, I mean, now to be fair, like the highest level master apothecary or something, you had to have like a workshop. Yes, sure. Think about this from a role-playing perspective, right? I want to be a master apothecary. I've been working towards this a whole... Well, I know I need a workshop. Now, all of a sudden, my character is doing things in-game in order to try to obtain a workshop somehow. Right. That'll How influence cool. your motivations and your... your oh, absolutely. That's Ambitions. That's great. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. So now I know what I want to go to. Now I know some, this is something I need to get. Now, I mean, hopefully your GM is going to understand that and can work with you on that, but it's it's a great story. And the, Yeah, that's, you mentioned GMs too. That, that's a great tool for a GM to throw in a little tidbit in this adventure that, oh, hey, if you go on this... this to complete this mission for me, I've got some land I'll give you, or you know, I've got a shed out back that I can rent to you, or something. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do this for me, or or better yet, as a as encouragement to do something the character knows they shouldn't or don't want to oh, yeah. do. It just it, it'd be a great way to motivate your players or to cause them conflict. Right, yeah. making players make hard choices for their characters in character. That's, I think is one of the best things a GM can do. Absolutely. Yes. And I and I feel like used right, this trappings can do that. So anyway, that was my whole blurb on I mean, this. They, they had that. that in second edition too. So it's not yeah. like it's completely new. It's just... No, no. I feel... So far what I've seen, I like what I'm seeing more in, in fourth edition. It's less. Like, I don't need a hundred things. But I don't know. I've, they've given us one example. So maybe the pit fighter has a ton of stuff to move into the next career or something. Or, but. you know, it depends on how much gold you start off with, because they might just allow you to purchase your own things based on a certain amount. Oh, sure. And really don't restrict you to sure. a certain sets. 
I'll be honest, most of the stuff I had trapping wise in the other edition, I really didn't use them much. Yeah. Except for rope. I mean, yeah, yeah that's right. I, rope. I, I had Everybody. Some, <laughs> I had some lantern oil, and if I recall, we may have <laughs> yeah, maybe we not just spilled that all over the ground. Yeah, for some reason, fire. right? To stop someone. Nice. Uh, nice. And uh, the last thing I wanted to mention about the careers is. Well, two things. First off, Cubicle 7 is confirmed. They're going to be adding more careers and more career levels with the future expansions. Now, they haven't, I don't think they specifically said adding classes, but I would imagine that they're going to have to, especially when you get into some of the potentially more foreign, like if you're going to make ogre PCs, you're probably going to have a different class. Not going to have a. Maybe not. Yeah. Many careers have different roles across their four careers. So, like, the sense I get is like I might be a tank on the level one of this career, but maybe I'm more of a social character by the time I get to level sure. five, depending on what's going on. Right. Oh, so, like, man, that's so fascinating yeah. to it consider is. that. It is. And it's also incentive to not necessarily move up. Right. I don't want to be the general because I end up behind a desk job, you know, or something like that. Sure. Right. I want to be out in the field. And that totally makes sense. I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but it's awesomeness. I'm so excited. Yeah. That article that dropped, was it like it was July 5th? fourth fifth something like that yeah july that 5th. had the most information that we've seen yet oh by far yeah by a mile yeah good stuff so that's the end of our show tonight thank you so much for joining us we hope that you found this discussion informative and get you excited for a fourth edition just like we are our next episode sigmar willing we will be giving our review and first impressions on warhammer fantasy roleplay fourth edition the information we looked at today shows we have quite a bit to discuss be sure to join us for our next show. However, if for some reason we can't get that out until after Gen Con, realize we will be recording live at Gen Con. We'll be having several different... And when I say live, we'll be recording and putting out immediately after. So be on the lookout during Gen Con uh, when it's the first weekend in August. We'll be putting out uh, at least one episode, potentially multiple small episodes. We're still figuring out the format on that. But we're going to give you a report from Gen Con as quick as we can so that you guys can get that and figure out what's going on. So, intrepid listeners, keep in touch. Let us know your questions, feedback, and even show suggestions. We want to hear back from you. Uh, you can contact us multiple ways by checking out our website at www.oldworldpodcast.com or on Twitter at Old World Podcast on Facebook. Also, let us know what you think. Visit iTunes or your preferred podcast service and rate us. Every review helps us reach even more Warhammer fans. All right. This is Lance saying good night and may your criticals be both bloody and hilarious. This is Matt saying good night, folks. And don't forget about the gnomes. They're people too. This is Steve. May you be blessed with rolling ones when it counts. The Old World Podcast is recorded at AFK Games. AFK Games is located in Lansing, Michigan, and is your one-stop shop for your tabletop and board gaming needs. Find out more online at www.afk-games.com. If you're in the area, be sure to stop in and say hi. This podcast and related website are completely unofficial and are not endorsed by Games Workshop Limited or Cubicle 7 Entertainment. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. GW, Games Workshop, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and all associated logos, illustrations, images, names, creatures, races, vehicles, locations, weapons, characters, and the distinctive likenesses thereof are registered trademarks of Games Workshop Limited, Cubicle 7 Entertainment, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including any audio or video information, is the intellectual property of the Old World Podcast and Crimson Tower Studios, LLC.